0: Good evening, church. What a blessing and an honor to be able to sing songs of joy and a reminder, if you will, uh, to us of the greatness of God. And God knew from uh, you know the creation that that we would respond well to singing, to hearing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Almost in at every athletic event that you ever go to, and even some places where they have to motivate people. What is the number one thing they do? They sing songs. They'll always open up with a song, right? In some way, a fun song, a happy song, a clapping song. And we get to sing not just a regular song or an ordinary song. We get to sing to our God. And what a blessing. It's great to see you here tonight. Let's go to God, please, in a word of prayer. Oh, great and masterful Heavenly Father, we praise your holy and divine name. Oh, God, you are the great creator, and we love you and we praise your holy and divine name and ask you that you'll bless us, that you'll bless us tonight as we worship you, that you will accept our worship, that you'll bless us, Lord God, as we hear your word, that it will, it will sink deep into our hearts and strengthen us. And that as we hear your word, Lord God, that we will be transformed and that, Lord God, uh, your word will, will bless us in such a way to where we'll be able to keep our minds from worldly thoughts and think only of you for this hour. In Jesus' holy and precious name we pray and thank thee, if it be thy will. Amen. Why would, uh, why would God choose the 12 apostles, 14 and a whole group? Why would he choose these men? You know, you have someone like John the Baptist. We looked at him not long ago, and wow, what a what a man of God. Why would he choose these men? And then we say things like, I've said it, Many times, though, over again and again. I can relate to Peter. But it's that, first, it's that first half of his life. Tonight, I want us to think about Peter's transformation. Let's go to the book of Luke, chapter 5. So what did God see? What did God see in Peter that we, we haven't seen? Or what does God see in you that maybe you haven't seen yet? Or what does God see in our children, our young folks? What does God see that we haven't witnessed yet? So look at Peter. There's something about Peter's heart that's pretty impressive. Luke chapter 5, beginning in verse 1. Now it came about that while the multitude were pressing around him and listening to the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret. And he saw two boats lying at the edge of the lake. But the fishermen had gotten out of them and were washing their nets. And he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little way from the land. And he sat down and began teaching the multitudes from the boat. Why did he go to Simon's boat? Right? Just identifying. God just keeps pointing out Simon. He tells him to go out a little bit. He starts teaching, verse 4. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Now here's where I relate to Peter. And Simon answered, here's my problem right there. Should <laughs> right? so just don't say a word, just do what Jesus says. No, there has to be some kind of dialogue. And, and Simon answered and said, Master, we have worked hard all night and caught nothing, but at your bidding, I will let down the nets. So This is earlier in the Lord's ministry, and it's it's something that we learn from from God, that God knows things that we don't know. And Peter says, Lord, we worked hard all night. Almost as if to say, Lord, do you know we worked hard all night? But it's something that Peter, that conjunction that comes, but... At your bidding. We don't want to go, but we've been working all night. But because you said to do it, we'll do it. And that's what's so amazing about Peter's heart. Verse 6 says And when they had done this, they enclosed a great quantity of fish, and their nets began to break. And they signaled to their partners in the other boat for them to come and help them. And they came and filled the boat. Oh, uh, both boats, give me, and so they began to sink. Peter's a leader. Because when he said, At your bidding, and he said, We worked all hard, Peter got everybody together. But the ones that was in his boat. When Cedar when Peter sees the great cat. Does he do what I would have done? Look at all these fish, this is great. That's not what Peter does. Does he rejoice with any kind of expression in the sense of the great catch in the boat? Does he become frantic over the fact that the boat is beginning to sink? That's not what Peter does. And Peter's transformation is Peter identifies the Lord. He does it again later, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. But listen to what the verse verse says. Verse 7. And he signaled to their partners in the other boats for them to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats. So they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw that, he fell down at Jesus' feet, saying... Jesus, look at me. You know me. I, I'm, not, I'm not even worthy of this. I'm not worthy to be in your presence. I, I'm not worthy for you to be in my boat. I'm just not worthy. And the Bible says that he fell down at Jesus' feet saying, depart from me for I am a sinful man Oh, Lord, something about that man's heart, you see. The willingness to not only admit, but to bow down and worship at such such an amazing moment, right? He wasn't caught up in the moment. He was a fisherman. Do you know how much money was in those boats? Do you know what that catch meant to them? But it didn't mean the same thing to Peter. And in verse 9, for amazement has seized him and all his companions because of the catch of fish which they had taken. That's just something about Peter. John, please, chapter 21. And I wonder when we think about life as we look at our our young folks as they grow up, young in Christ, though maybe an old person, but a new babe in Christ, or even our children as they grow up, is it that moment? It's at that moment that you realize there's something special about that child. Not in a spoiled way, but I mean in a gifted way. And you say, wow. That's what God sees in us. And God knows that there's something in us because he put it there. Right? And it's up to us to use it. And then one day he opens our eyes, maybe not to recognize it, but at least someone else recognizes it. And then here we go in our walk of faith. In John 21, look at verse 4. Verse 4. But when the day was now breaking, Jesus stood on the beach. Yet the disciples did not know that it was he, it was Jesus. And Jesus therefore said to them, Children, you do not have any fish, do you? And they answered him, No. And he said to them, Cast the net on the right-hand side of the boat. And you will find a catch. And they cast therefore, and then they were able, they were not able to haul it in because of the great number of fish. And somebody's mind starts twirling really quickly here. Peter. That disciple, therefore whom Jesus loved, said to Peter, It is the Lord. And so when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put his outer garment on, for he was stripped for work and threw himself into the sea. <laughs> you gotta love him, right? And you know, James and John are like, hey man, what about us? Andrew, you can't just leave. It's the Lord. Look at the contrast. The first time, he bows down and says, Lord, get away from me, for I'm a sinful man. After the resurrection, after his weeping bitterly, after having gone back and been able to think about his life and his relationship and his Lord, he can't get enough of Jesus. That transformation, that something that happens in your life. And when God saw Peter in the beginning, Peter was never a John, John the Baptist, right? Peter was just Peter. But, but Peter was used by God, and God can take, just so we think about this, church, you, I, I always think about, you see me now, but what about when I was 17, 18, 16? What about when you were that snotty-nosed kid? What about you when, you know, years ago, before you were who you are now, and God didn't see that necessarily, God saw where you would be, where you would end up. And so Romans 8 comes to mind when I think about how God works in the lives of people where God can take all this mess that's in my life and He can transform me into somebody different. Only God could do that. But I have to let Him. I have to allow Him. I have to surrender to Him. And in Romans 8 and verse 26, in the same way the Spirit also helps our weaknesses. But we do not know how to pray as we should. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. And so God was able, turn to Galatians Chapter 2, please. To see in me and in you something that maybe you didn't even know and I didn't know ever existed. And here we are today. So when we say to people, don't give up, God won't give up on you, make sure you add some stuff to that, right? Because God knows because he put it in you, there's something in you that if you will allow him to use you, you will be amazed at where God takes you. God had to work those kinks out of Peter, remember last week he did it through trials, <laughs> tribulations to work those kinks out of Peter. The father saw greatness and knew of the greatness. the Holy Spirit knew of the greatness that was in Peter. a leader, who would have ever thought his mother might have said, "You know, Peter, I never saw you as a leader <laughs> right a leader, Peter was going to be a leader, but not just a leader. Peter was more than a leader. Look at what the way the church saw Peter. Galatians 2 and verse 9. The Bible says, Paul coming and talking to the apostles uh, and, and disciples, and recognizing, verse 9, the grace that had been given to me, James and Cephas and John, who were reputed to be pillars, gave to me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship that we might go to the Gentiles and they to the circumcised. So, Peter, you're going to be a leader of the Jewish people in Christ. What? God, I've never been to school. I'm just a fisherman. Sometimes I have a, a, a dirty mouth. I denied you. I'm impetuous. I have issues. And Jesus says, let me get a hold of you. In church, that's all we have to do. Turn to 1 Peter, please. Chapter 5. Is let Jesus have his way with us and he will turn you in to the man and woman and child you're supposed to be. That's what he put inside of you. Peter, a leader. And then more, if you will, in the sense there's, now there's something else you get to do, Peter. What is that, Lord? I want you to live your life in a holy way. I want you to be transformed, Peter. First Peter five and verse one therefore I exhort the elders among you as your fellow elder and witness of the sufferings of Christ and a partaker also of the glory that is to be revealed. Would you ever have thought of Peter serving the Lord's church as an elder? Church let go and let God right. Romans please chapter chapter twelve. To let God amaze you. When He starts working in you, it, it, it makes you drop to your knees. It, it makes you say, Lord, Lord, what do you see in me? Lord, get away from me. I'm I'm a sinful man. But then at the same time, you can't get enough of him. God, give me more. Right? When you let him have his way. And in Romans 12, beginning in verse 1, that transformation, I urge you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your reasonable or spiritual service of worship and do not be conformed to this world be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what the will of God is that, that good and perfect and acceptable will of God whatever is good and perfect and acceptable just let God have you what do you think church? you know instead of sitting back and saying no not me say Lord send me right? right? I've already been at Jesus' feet. You've been there. You've already been there and you said, Lord, get away from me. I'm a sinful man. Lord, get away from me. I need, I need your salvation, but why, why would you save me? But then you've said, thank you. Thank you, God. Now it's time to get up and swim to Jesus. Peter, John, John 21. Why does Jesus keep going to Peter. I think the reason why, maybe we can grab this. One of the reasons that Jesus uh, saw Peter and put in Peter what's there, is because a lot of people that I talk to when you ask about the apostles, they say, I identify more with Peter. And you say, well, why do you identify with Peter? And it's almost always the same answer. Well, you know, he kind of messed up a lot in life. Oh. Very few people see themselves as John the Baptist or Paul. You, you rarely hear someone say, well, I'm more so identify with Paul. You rarely will hear people say that. Let God have you because He's got something for you. Revelation, uh Jimmy John 21, verse 15. So when they had finished breakfast, Jesus Said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John. I'll make sure we got the right person, right? Because I'm about to tell you something. You know, you can't say who, 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 me. So you identify who your father is, so you know who we're talking about. I'm talking to you, Peter. You, Cephas, Simon, son of John. Do you love? And I want to get the other side of this of this passage. You know, the passage we always see. yeah, you know, love, God, you love me, you agapeo, do you me, you he says it twice. Peter says, I phileo, yes, I right? I phileo, and then he gets upset. And we got that right. You love me more than these, and he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, take what you have, Take what you have. Although, although right now you, you love me like a friend, take what you have and go and tend my lambs. But Lord, I'm not perfect. I, I've got a lot of stuff I've got to work on in me. Take what you have and go take care of my people. He says it a second time. Here's, here's an emphasis. He said to him again a second time, Simon, yes you, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes Lord, you know that I I love you. He said to him, shepherd my sheep. So, so even if I, if I can only muster a brotherly love, use that. to do God's work. If I can only love God and only see Jesus as my brother, we say that a lot, right? I don't really like to say that, but anyway. If you see him as God, but you can only love God as a, like a brother, just take what you have and go help my people. Right? Peter, you're not there yet, but I know you'll get there. But I, I don't want you to give me the excuse that Lord, because I don't agape-o you, I can't go take care of or help the church. If you only can muster up the love of a brother, even brotherhood love with God, use that love to take care of God's people. And He said to him a third time, Simon, son of John. Okay, you love me like a brother. Got that? Do you philao? You love me like a brother. It sounds different coming from Jesus, doesn't it? Peter, look, I get it. You, you don't agape on me, Peter. I, I know you're trying to get there, and you're not there yet. So let me just reduce this love to just, just brotherly love, then, Peter. Peter's grieved because it sounds different coming from Jesus it does come in. And Peter was grieved because he said to him a third time, do you love me? He said to him, Lord, that's all I have. And that kind of hurt him, you see. That's all I have, Lord. You know I, you know all I have is a brotherly love for you, Lord. But you see, Peter wanted more, but he wasn't there yet. He said, Lord, a third time. Lord, you know all things. And you know that I I love you. And Jesus said to him, then tend my sheep. Let's go back to the beginning. Let's start right back at the basics. And Peter is able to, through God, take this amazing charge to the next level. Acts chapter 1, please. Because you see. Jesus knew that Peter wanted to love him more than brotherly love, and so guess what God did? He helped him to get there. Do you at least want it, church? If you just want it, God will help you get there. But you gotta believe by faith. And listen, listen, if you will, to the New Testament. All of a sudden now, here's an illegal religion. It's out in full force, if you will. And whose voice are you going to hear in the New Testament over and over again? Yeah, Peter. Lord, I'll die with you. And he meant it. So listen for just a moment. Acts 1, uh, beginning at verse uh, verse 12. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey away. And when they had hindered, uh, they went up into the upper room where they were staying. That is, Peter and John, and James, and Andrew, and Philip, and Thomas, and Bartholomew, and Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, Simon, the zealot, and Judas, son of James. These all, one mind, were continually devoting themselves to pray along with the women, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. At that time, Peter stood up in the midst of the brethren. A gathering of about 120 persons was there together, and said brethren the scripture had to be fulfilled with the Holy Spirit foretold by the mouth of David concerning Judas who became a guide to those who arrested Jesus for he was counted among us and received his portion in this ministry Peter says okay we got to get we got to get going the scripture says let's do it and they did Acts chapter 2 the apostles get up there, day of Pentecost comes Holy Spirit falls upon them. And the men are amazed. The women are amazed. And then the question is, aren't these men drunk? Who was it? Peter. Acts 2, verse 12. The Bible says, And they all continue in amazement with great perplexity, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others were mocking and saying, They are full of sweet wine. But Peter, taking his stand with the eleven, raised his voice and declared to them, Men of Judea, And all you who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give heed to my words. For these men are not drunk as you suppose. For it is only the third hour of the day. This was spoken of to the prophet Joel. Prophecy. Go back men to the prophecy. Who is it? Who's talking? Peter. Acts 3. Beginning in verse 1. The Bible says, Now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the the ninth hour of the the hour of prayer. And a certain man who had been lame from his mother's womb was being carried along, whom they used to set down every day at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, in order to beg alms of those who were entering the temple. And when he saw Peter and John about to go into the temple, he began asking to receive alms. And Peter, along with John, fixed his gaze upon him and said, look at us. It wasn't just Jesus he talked. He he kept going. Okay, I'm the talker. Look at us. And he began to give him attention, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I do not suppose, I do not possess silver and gold, but what I do have, I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene walk. Peter. (laughs) Peter. Yeah. Acts 10. And when the the Jew-Gentile relationship is about to join together, the household of Cornelius, the Holy Spirit, sent men to go and get who? Go get Peter, right? Yeah, that same guy that denied the Lord. Yeah, that guy. Peter? Well, what about John or Andrew? Or, no, nah, go get Peter. Nathaniel? Go get Peter. Verse 1. There was a certain man in a Caesarea named Cornelius, a centurion of what was called the Italian cohort, a devout man and one who feared God with all his household, and gave many alms to the Jewish people, and prayed to God continually. About the ninth hour of the day, he clearly saw in a vision an angel of God who had just come in to him and said to him, "Cornelius!" And fixing his gaze upon him and being much alarmed, he said, "What is what is it, Lord?" And he said to him, "Your prayers and your alms have ascended as a memorial before God, and now dispatch some men to Joppa." And send for a man named Simon, who is also called Peter. John John chapter six, please. When when people tell you that um, you're no good, just let God get a hold of. God put greatness in all of us. Don't let anyone tell you you're no good. Don't let anyone tell you you can't. I've always taught my children growing up, let me tell you something. We don't say can't because could killed can't. Go do it. But dad, go. We don't accept mediocrity. We're better than that. Just let God get a hold of you. And watch what happens in your life. Look at Peter. And Peter grew and grew and grew and grew in Christ. And it's Peter who said, because he understood in his mind at least, at least in his heart, he understood one thing. There's nowhere else to go but with God. John 6, verse 66. As a result of this, the message of Jesus, his disciples withdrew and were not walking with him anymore. And Jesus said, therefore, to the twelve, you do not want to go away, also do you? And Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And we know, right? We know. This is the knowledge scripture. And we have believed... And have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. You are it. There is no other. And watch what happens in closing this lesson out. Acts chapter 4. When you gain that level of knowledge and acknowledgement and understanding in your heart with your relationship with God. Verse 17. But in order that it may not spread any further among the people, let us warn them to speak no more to any man in his name, in the name of Jesus, in this name. And when they had summoned them, they commanded them not to speak or to teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter, Lord, I'll die with you. Yeah, he meant it. But Peter John answered and said to them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to give heed to you rather than to God, you be the judge. For we cannot stop speaking what we have seen and heard. And I'm just so proud, church. Romans 5, please. Of what I've seen and heard. How about you? Your relationship with God. The things that you've seen and you've heard. The stories of people about how God, and it could be no one but God who answered the call, who was there for them in this hour of need. The stories that you can tell and you know it was no one but God who could be there for you and rescued you time and time and time again. The things that you've heard, the things that you know, the things that you believe, just give it to God and say, God, thank you. And let Him take you to that next level of greatness that He sees in you. It's at the right time that God came and sent His Son. Verse 5. And hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who was given to us. For while we were still helpless, at the right time Christ died, for Peter. Right? Just a helpless man. For me. For you. At the right time, Christ died for the world. For one would hardly die for a righteous man, though perhaps for the good man someone would dare even to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God looked beyond Peter's faults, saw his needs, and took him to that next level. Oh, I'm excited to see where God's going to take me next. How about you? How about you? Just give it to God. Tonight I encourage you, give it to God. If you're not a child of God, give it to God. Give your life to God. Surrender to Him in the waters of baptism that He might save you and add you to His body giving you the gift of the Holy Spirit. Tonight, if you're a child of God and you're just wrestling with some things in your life, just give it, just give it to Him and let Him do what He does. For God is good all the time and He's got you covered. If we can help in any way, please come while together we stand and sing our song of invitation. Why don't you come?